Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode number 170 of the Apple Log Podcast. I am your host, Simon Head. We'd like to thank all of the people who are shopping on Amazon at this time. They're going to Amazon and they're purchasing things. And with that, they're using my affiliate link to do such a thing. And if you would like to be a part of that, we'd really love you to be a part of it. Go to this website. Go to, well, go to this URL. It's applelog.ca slash Amazon or applelog.ca slash US Amazon. And what will happen is you'll be redirected to Amazon. Save those bookmarks or those links. And every time you shop on Amazon, use those links and you'll be uh, supporting the show. Costs no extra money. It's very simple. It's easy. One, two, three. If you need a little help along the way, you can go to applelog.ca on the homepage. You can see the Amazon banner on the right side. Choose your country and you'll be able to support the show that way too. Same thing. Bookmark them and support the show by using the links. If you'd like to support the show on a monthly basis, why don't you go over to patreon.com slash You can pledge as much or as little as you want on a monthly basis to help with hosting and gas fees. You can cancel at any time. It's a very cool uh, thing for people. Um, I'm trying to get to a certain amount of uh, money per month where I can actually go on a plane and fly somewhere and interview s- some people. This is this would be a dream. If I can make enough money for a plane flight, this would be really, really cool. Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show already. Whoever my patrons are, thank you so much. You can go to applelog.ca slash shop and buy a t-shirt and buy some music there. Or you can go to iTunes and you can subscribe, rate, and review the show. Give it five stars, please. It's very helpful. It helps with the show's ranking and where it sits with search functions. If you can like the show on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash applelogpod, that would be very helpful. Follow me on Twitter at SimonHead666. I'm new to Twitter. I'm relatively new to the Twitter sphere, but I you know, everybody's got to do it. What's next? Tumblr? Should I get on Tumblr? Is that the next thing to do? Tumblr sounds like Grinder. Does that is that just me? I don't know. So today on the show, I have Cami from the band Van Helst. Um, they're a band based out of Canada. Um, I think they they reside in Toronto, but Cami is originally from Edmonton. Uh, they recorded uh, their first album, which was called World Make Believe, and you can get that on iTunes and Bandcamp. I'll play a song very shortly. And they're right now in the studio recording with Arnold Lanny, who is uh, one of the one of the greatest rock producers in Canadian history. I'd say he has worked with several bands. His first band, Frozen Ghost, was one of my favorite bands as a kid, actually. Um, and also another old friend, Biff Naked, sang on this new record that they're putting out, hopefully in June. But until then, let's listen to "Save Me" off the record "World of Make Believe," and here it is. ABC News called me this week and said, uh, we heard that you um, believe that men should be in charge of their wives. I said, no, sir. No, sir. I didn't say that. I said, God said that. Don't read your book Assume 
on the Apple podcast and you know that is a heavy sounding record it sounds awesome it's an awesome sounding record you know the and also the what what makes this weird is now is I'm going to play the intro song which sounds nothing like that so I'm going to try to uh, try to stretch it a little bit so you can forget how awesome that song was so you can, when I play the intro it doesn't sound so weak Okay, I made the song in like like an hour, okay? I recorded in an hour. I did, you know, they were in the big fancy spancy studio tricks, okay? So I'm stretching, stretching, stretching. Here she is, everybody. Cammy from Van Helst on the Apolog podcast. Don't judge me. It was nice to meet you. You too. Yeah. So you're you're in uh, you're in Edmonton. I am. What's uh, so you have family in Edmonton? Is that where you're originally from? Right. You grew up there. Yes. Were you always into music? Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ever since I was in utero. <laughs> really? Is yeah. it is it in your family? It is. My grandfather is a guitarist, and his band back in the day used to tour europe and north america with the who and the rolling stones and they played with the beatles and some really cool i have some really cool vintage show posters of his from his band back in the day and he used to babysit me and always played instruments and rock and roll and here we are really so he played in a band yeah well band yeah lots of bands uh 
the one he was opening with the Rolling Stones for, uh, I can't pronounce because he was living in France and the name is in French. <laughs> <laughs> and then his North American band was called Connection. And now he has a band in Canada called The Critters. Oh. And he, so, man, that's a long time to be playing. So your whole family right. must be oh, yeah. surrounded in your, in your family, correct? A lot of them, yeah. yeah. Not everybody, but yeah. So was there always a, a lot of um, like high school bands and things that you were always in? Junior high bands. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I started putting rock bands together when I think I was about 13. Really? Mm-hmm. And Edmonton, Edmonton's the place for it. <laughs> it's okay. It's it's a it's slim pickings, but uh, some we great, do have a really great bands yeah, came out Edmonton. It, yes, for sure. Uh, we have some really good, or at, at least when I was growing up, performing arts based schools. So it was actually pretty easy to put a band together when I was in junior high high school because I went to a performing arts school. So yeah, finding people wasn't too challenging at that time. So it's like a fame school? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. Uh, what part of Edmonton are you originally from? The West End. West End. Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I had friends who lived in, was it St. Albert? St. Albert. Okay, yeah, it's not too far from us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then, yeah, uh, really pretty. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really pretty. Yeah. So when? how long did it take you to get out of Edmonton? Uh, 25 years. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I've always traveled and my grandparents got a place in California when I was younger and my family's been going back and forth, um, since I was six to California. So that's always kind of been like a second home, if not more home. Uh, and then I moved to Toronto three years ago. Okay. For music? Mm-hmm. For music. Yeah. Yeah. So your band, it's uh, it's been you know you've been playing and you've been do you tour much with it and all that and, uh, and jazz, <laughs> all that jazz. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah uh, we have for sure. Like uh, this year uh, or for the past year, we've took a hiatus to just work on our sophomore record. Uh, we've been working on it in California with Arnold Lanny, who's um, a, a very notable producer, and it's we kind of are revamping the branding and the imagery and the entire stage show and the sound. So we didn't want that muddled with um, what we had done before. And it was really, really challenging to book shows in between our studio sessions. So we had just decided to not do shows um, unless a major opportunity came its way until the record was done. Right, right. And what direction is it going now? More melodic or is it going more harder? (laughs) It's harder. Um, it's, it's tough to explain. We kind of call it kind of a heavy metal Lady Gaga blended with Journey, but directed by Tim Burton. (laughs) (laughs) So it's very strange, but it's, it's different, which is important right now. So, yeah. 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 Why, you know, I, I don't know what it's like to, uh, I know what it used to be like trying to break into the music business, uh it's 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 even it's hard now than it was probably back then but what are the what are the strengths you have now you have social media you have youtube you have things image based um you know you don't much mm-hmm. music anymore that's for sure yeah it's it's an interesting time in music because i feel like there's a there's a lot of things 
that are um, really positive about where society is right now and its musical landscape and, and really negative as well. Um, it's really, really hard to stand out with social media because while it's a, a positive that any artist can really take control of their marketing and their branding and, and release it on their own, which back in the day was really impossible, um, now there's so much. There's just so many things and, and it's really hard to stand out. Um, at the same time, I find that it kind of makes everybody up their game. I find such amazing artists online randomly that I never would have found because their music isn't, you know, radio friendly or their image isn't, you know, clean. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, but but they're incredibly talented people and, and, I, and I love listening to their stuff and I wouldn't have found them otherwise. So it's a bit of a catch-22. It's It's great because you can market yourself you kind of really hold the reins to your career but at the same time it's it's really really hard to get noticed yeah back in the day you'd have a team and they'd all work with you to possibly make something successful but now it's people going out on their own and becoming successful and it, it seems to be the same amount of luck and the same amount of work um just mm -hmm. a whole different landscape now than it was yeah, it's very different. We we try and just work smarter than everyone else mm -hmm. is kind of our mantra. Uh, you know, we definitely work really hard and we do have a great team of, of people around us, but it's, it's again, making decisions that maybe other people aren't making or at least trying to think of what other people aren't doing is trying to, is what we're trying to do. Yeah. Cause you're always mixing it up. You're always figuring out what's, um, you, the, I mean, the good part of it these days is you can kind of experiment in front of everybody and either make an ass out of yourself or or have make it <laughs> successful and mm -hmm. there's no risk i mean so there's no harm in the risk where you know if you were in on much music or whatever and you happen to get caught in some sort of weird scandal you're off much music you know what i mean yeah. and there goes your career so it seems mm -hmm. to me now especially with like comedians and things like that they can sort of yeah. like you know it's it's amazing you know how transparent people are now with with these things and yeah it's a it's a tricky navigation for me i i that i can mm -hmm. yeah oh for sure like i don't nobody has the algorithm <laughs> we're all just trying our best <laughs> yeah because if there was if you knew what the algorithm was then you just go ahead and go for it and everybody i i laugh at this because some people like think they know everything about what's happening and what's trending and what's going to be the next big thing but nobody knows really no. I mean, you, it's easy to find out what's trending, but if you chase what's trending, then by the time you come up with it, it's already passed and you're irrelevant. So yeah. again, I, I just, I just try and make like our new record is very different from the last one. And we really just wanted to make music that we really liked and stuff that we haven't really heard being done or being done in a long time. And if that's the next trend, great. If not, then we're still happy with it. <laughs> well, yeah. Cause you have to live with yourself at the end of it all. You know, you've, yeah, you've, ex you've, exactly. you've made the record you like it and you're going after something that you hope is successful and that's that's the age-old thing that's what people say all the time i hope mm. it works i hope people i hope it hits <laughs> you know and that's yeah. that's the luck in all of it and being in the right place and right time it's really tough to explain that to people like mm -hmm. you know you look at even when we're talking about the rolling stones the rolling stones were just happened to be in this you know this big you know push of what was happening when it came to blues and things like that. And along was like Fleetwood Mac were in there too. I mean, but nobody realized that Fleetwood Mac didn't get their hit until like 
the 70s you know what i mean where you know right. obviously so it's all like yeah I mean, it's 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 an interesting game because that's all it is really in a way right yeah it's a little bit of a lottery <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i mean there's ways of hedging your bets too a little bit where you can kind of stack, oh, yeah. stack it up a little bit and know where where to go like i speak to people about you know when they were trying to market something it's it's doing effective marketing like i've worked for bands who who got lucky at the same time as I've worked for bands who completely failed at it, you know? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So when you, uh, when you're playing, so you're just taking a break, you're writing a record, you're recording, are you, re- so you're recording it down in the States or are you doing it in Toronto? Uh, both actually. Yeah. <laughs> so the band was recorded in Toronto. At Coalition? Um, at Coalition. Yeah. yeah. They're big supporters and, and, champions of ours for sure so the band was uh, all the instruments were done there uh and then the vocals so myself uh was done in uh, temecula which is just outside los angeles probably closer to san diego and that's where arnold's studio is so it was just easier for me to go down there myself uh as they had said my grandparents live in um, desert, which is not far. So I just stay with them, live down there. And um, when we needed to get the instruments done, Arnold came up to Toronto where he's originally from. So he got to hang out with his family and, and record the band. So it was kind of win-win in both situations. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Rob's been on the show, his brother. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's Rob's a good guy. Great. Yeah. And uh, there's, yeah, he's great. there's a few other people that I know there really well. Liam Colleen He's a very yeah. good friend of mine. He was my. He's also been on the show. He was. Uh, he was my studio assistant in like the late '90s, early 2000s. Oh, right on. Yeah, he 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 wanted to be. He was in a band called the 420 yeah. Club, and uh, yeah. I recorded his band. And he wanted to get in the music business. So hanging out with me seemed to be the best thing to do for at the time. But I mean, Leon's a he's a huge success. You know, he's yes, he's a great guy too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I met him. And a handful of the coalition crew in Alberta, and they were the ones who actually convinced me and invited me to move out to Toronto for, uh, for music and helped helped us along and and whatnot. So that's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, I you know what? There's that coalition, that group in general is just a. There's a good bunch of people there, and they all kind of come from different areas too. Like there's some people from Network, I think that work there. Mike, I think his name is. Uh, but there's people that that have been in the business forever, and mm-hmm. and they have such a great um platform to and they they say uh, i mean the motto is we will make you as successful as you want to be in as creative as you want to be you know what i mean like they'll do yeah. they'll do whatever you want they will work at trying to get that and that's yeah they they're really great because they also put it kind of in the artist's hands as well where they give you the tools that you need um to be as successful as you want to be as you said uh and they're there to help and guide you but really it, it is the artist that needs to do the work because they're not gonna you know help and put their name on the line if the artist isn't willing to you know to give everything to it and i really i really like how they work that way so yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah i i definitely definitely i can't say enough good things about them you know and uh, you know i've worked with other management companies too that aren't as you know, proficient or good, or they mm. they claim to be that good, but nah, they're the best, best mm-hmm. in Canada, if not maybe not North America. Then again, I don't know too many of the United States people anymore. I don't know how that works. <laughs> I don't know how the business works. I'm afraid to go down there. Oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so do you? Uh, so when you go down and work in LA, I mean, that's interesting that you'd have family down there as well, so you can kind of mm-hmm. like you know, so and, and you know, obviously have a place to stay and, and get caught up. 
But what a neat place to go and do vocals because everybody people do the exact opposite. They like they'll do it in their apartment or you know or or they'll work from you know close to their house because you know a lot of people think the vocals is something that's where you can be comfortable. But you went to another country. Oh, I was so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that was the point. Is um, I mean, Los Angeles feels very much like home to me because I've been going back and forth for so long. And being that my family's down there, it's it's not an uncomfortable city. And I have some good friends there and, and I went to school there for a bit and I, I love it there, um, especially, you know, with the weather we're having up in Canada. <laughs> but yeah. uh, no, I, I wanted to do that on purpose too. You know, Arnold and I have a really good relationship. Uh, he's notoriously tough on vocalists. And I think I'm one of the, I'm the first to my knowledge, I'm the first female hard rock singer he's ever worked with, uh, just because typically, you know, th- their voices are smaller. I don't know why he chose me, but I'm, I'm grateful he did because we have a great relationship. But he's very, very challenging. And I knew that to get the performance I needed for this record to really stand out, um, I needed to be uncomfortable and isolated and just work with him. So I didn't have the band with me. My family wasn't there. They were there for a couple of days, but they never came to the studio. My husband wasn't there and I just went alone and it was just me and Arnold in the studio. So big black box and you just give it everything you have and, and hope for the best. But it, it was a amazing experience and probably the toughest experience I've ever had. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've never gone to another country to, uh, to, to, you know, record. So I, you know, I always do it. If I, I got my own stuff too. I, I just work at right. my house if I need to. And I have, mm-hmm. to me, it's much more exciting to go 10 minutes away than it is to go and you know, I'll plane. We have to show your passport and all this. Yeah. That's where the Nexus card comes in. And I, uh, <laughs> I, I travel very easily, but I also find that I just get distracted with too many things at home. I got my friends that want to go for dinner. I've got my husband here and my dogs and, and, and just chores and oh the dishes or whatever just everyday life kind of creeps into the performance where at least when I'm down there I'm just there to sing I go to the gym and I sing that's it like if if anybody else has a problem I'm not around so I can really just be in that mind space that I need to be and not get distracted we did one song in Toronto uh with with Biff Naked um just because she's in Toronto and and she's phenomenal and it was definitely a uh, a lot harder uh not only because she was there and she's a big idol of mine but Mm -hmm. uh it was harder because I had those everyday distractions um uh recording in Toronto as opposed to California yeah I've known Biff for a long time because uh I worked for a band called SNFU in the 90s for um Mm -hmm. an Edmonton man as well um I worked with them for six years and Biff sang on a, on a record that I played keyboards on. So like, so there's this huge sort of, I've known Biff for years and years and years. And (laughs) actually I was around and Biff might, if Biff listens to this, she might remember the story. I was working for a band called another white male and they're from Vancouver Mm -hmm. and we were opening for Biff naked and Biff got this, this, her mic right in her teeth and it knocked both her front teeth out. Oh man! <laughs> and just like shows over, it was this weird place. Like I want to say it's like Prince something in BC somewhere. I can't remember what town mm, it was. Probably Prince George. Something like that. And it was yeah. like uh, uh, what were they called? The um, I can't remember the other band, but it was another white male, Biff Naked. And she looks at she's like, "What are you doing with my teeth?" And she's got blood in her, in her mouth, and she's missing her front teeth. Mm-hmm. I thought that is wow. a, that's commitment. There was a lot of. Uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> turmoil in the backstage area. So, but I mean, playing hard rock. Um, so do you do you tour? Have you done Europe? Not yet. You gotta uh, no, go to uh, Europe. Oh my god! Yes, that is the plan. <laughs> the <laughs> when this best. when this new record launches, we are planning to get over to Europe. So they will eat you up. Mm, not, literally, not literally, not <laughs> literally. That's what I've been hearing, and we and we track really well there. They they play us a lot, and, and I do a lot of interviews and and whatnot um, with folks in Europe. And it's always been a place that I've been dying to go. Thus far, we've only done North America just because it's here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Europe is I don't know. I feel like that's a space that you should be invited to tour. And once we're invited, and it's uh, you know a good decision for us then uh we will definitely be heading over there it's a huge commitment i i agree Mm -hmm. i agree there's a band uh called denko jones and they gave up on canada they gave up on canada and went to europe and uh they are like superstars over there i don't know Mm -hmm. about now but they were like you they i I know over there yeah everybody knew knew denko jones over there and he couldn't he he he's a denko jones story um he was a waiter at like a A&M party and he'd already been dropped by A&M records. And he was like a waiter walking around with a tray. And a guy said to him, you know, you look a lot like Danko Jones. <laughs> well, he goes, oh, thanks, man. Thanks, man. And then, uh, yeah, so Danko Jones was, uh, this is could be just lore, but I heard the story because we were on the same label. I had a band that was on the same label as Danko Jones over there in Europe. So they're, uh, they're good friends of ours. I think they're all from that. Um, the suburb of uh, Toronto, where I kind of grew up, mm. too. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No, you have to go there. It is. It, and you know, I, 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 you said the right thing. To be invited is the most important thing because then they'll put you up and they'll and yeah. they'll prop you up. And if there's a label there that can bring you over, that's the that's very important because you when mm. you do it, it seems I don't know what it is. Something in the water. The fact that um, they don't have like a much music or an MTV. Well, we don't ever really anymore but they never had it you know what i mean so they cared mm-hmm. about music more than they do about you know what you know how many high kicks you can do yes so it's a it's an interesting con i say it's because an extra thousand years of culture they had like they could read more you know they read before <laughs> we did and they yep. they had like a you know spoken word where we mm-hmm. were like i don't know it's just an interesting thing over there i mean would you like to go break in the states is that something that you'd want to do yeah i mean i'll 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 break anywhere the states i guess uh is kind of the holy grail of the of making it i guess but in reality it's uh it's yeah i mean it's it's definitely easier to tour there (laughs) that's Mm -hmm. for sure the you know toronto's great because or ontario is great because because uh the cities are so close together so you can play a lot of shows but the rest of the canada canada is really hard and it's hard to get people out and and it's just not seen as the musical mecca it should be even though a lot of the powerhouse singers of a lot of genres are canadian um yeah i mean i'll take anywhere (laughs) really (laughs) so well based on the climate and what's happening down there and i mean i don't mean the actual climate i mean what the political climate what's happening down there i mean a lot of people are sort of like, uh, you know, I kind of once they, well, post 9-11, I could never get across America to go play music anyway. So I just gave up, you know, because it was like to get work papers as an independent musician. No way. No chance. Right. I couldn't do it. But if you go to Europe, you just you come there and you they, they, they you know, stamp your passport. Hi, welcome in. You know, come on in. <laughs> and there's no yeah. real work papers required. And 
So right. it, it's a, just a tricky beast to 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 go down and and tour. And there's some parts in the states too that uh, I don't know. I could take I could take or leave. I don't know. Oh, for sure. Yeah, for us, it's either the Midwest states or the Vancouver down to San Diego and back. Yeah, that's we a good leave, tour. We can't we kind of leave the rest of them alone. Yeah. <laughs> Do you drive through weed? Yeah. You go through weed, California. There's a town called Weed. Uh, I've only ever done the Pacific Coast Highway, so no. But I, I think I'll you drive by. Through. There's a street. There's a there's a highway just on the northern part of uh of on I think it's the five over there. But there's this like weed. <laughs> it's the town. <laughs> the whole town's called Weed. Nice. And you got to take pictures as yeah, you're driving sure. by. I always have to take pictures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're um yeah I'm really. So I heard because I went and listened to the. I have your your first album, mm. and it's it's super heavy, and it's got <laughs> like I mean, it's got everything that I I like about music. It's just you know. So how do you? So was that your first album, like big yes. album? Yeah. So yep. how do how do you top that? You hire a great producer. Yeah. <laughs> we did that one ourselves, um, and the goal for uh, World of Make Believe was to release an album. And I sat on that album, I think for a year and a half before I even released it because I didn't know what to do with it. We made it right when I was in university, actually we made it. And then I graduated and had this record. I'm like, I have no idea how to release an album. So I sat on it for a year and a half while I learned the landscape of the industry. I went to the Musicians Institute. I did a bunch of stuff there and finally learned, okay, this is how you release an album. So our goal for that one was just to attract some, you know, a a fan base uh, to talk about what I wanted to talk about at the time and to attract some new team members, somebody who could not like musicians because we've always had a great band, but uh, business people and um, partners that could help bring the project to that next level. And that's where we met Arnold. He, He listened to it because we were already working with Coalition and they brought him in and he listened to it and there was a few things he likes he liked and then there was a lot of things he didn't like and thought that we could make something really special if we partnered with him on another record so um that's kind of the process or at least in my mind so to talk make believe we hired one of the best producers and songwriters that came out of Canada to give us something really unique and and challenge us and it's going to be it's going to be strange <laughs> Yeah, definitely. Arnold, I met Arnold in like 1989. So it was like just before uh, Coalition was kind of a label or sorry, uh, a management company. He was probably still with Frozen Ghost. Yeah, he was fresh out of Frozen Ghost. Yeah. He told me this awesome story about how how they got money to be a band. Um, Oh, yeah. And they they bought a truck and they got a bank loan to buy a truck. And so then they used the truck as collateral to get a PA system. Now, I might have had it the other way around, but they, they didn't even own this truck, but they used it as collateral to buy their PA system. This is like in the days of Sheriff and stuff when he was in Sheriff. Yeah. And and his brother, Rob, is has always been there, and he's always been behind. Yeah. It's crazy how much they look alike. I, I don't know what oh, that... Oh, I know. It's, it's weird. Rob's just, Rob is just a shorter Arnold. <laughs> yeah. It's very weird. It's very strange. Yeah, but, but, but was, very different personalities, though. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. Rob's much more mellow, I think, right? Yeah, he's quieter. He's he's relaxed. I mean, Arnold's quiet, but he mm-hmm. he's he's hyper. Well, <laughs> he's an artist, right? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I love that story of how they used they used something they didn't even own to buy other yeah. stuff, and 
you know, oh, you, that, gotta, you gotta get creative for sure. I know, right? And as a musician, and that's back in the day when you needed your own PA system and you needed your own lighting system, and it's like you'd tour around in a five ton truck, and everybody would kind of follow you around. And yeah, I mean, we're in a time now. It's 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 very cool. I mean, I've been looking around at clubs and and how good stuff is now. Like how mm-hmm. good the boards are and the lighting systems and and no matter what kind of there used to be like in Toronto, there's the mod club. And now mm-hmm. it seems like everybody is sort of up the game, except for the bovine. They still need to put some work in there. But <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a dive bar. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great bar. It's a great yeah. bar. <laughs> yeah. But I love the way it calls itself a dive bar. But um, yeah. but everybody seems to be pulling it together. I mean, like, I'm we're doing this little theater thing up in, like, Meaford, Ontario. And they have, like, a monitor desk and a front of house console. It's like, Wow. Like, this would never exist. I mean, the arts, I mean, I think in general, the communities around surrounding areas of Toronto also are starting to pick up the game with where to play. And and you were just saying, like, you can play all throughout Ontario, but that never was like that before. Like, you had Montreal, and then you had Toronto, and then you had London, maybe, and St. Catharines. But now there's, like, everywhere. I mean, it seems like you can play Mm -hmm. anywhere now. Well, and I think that... uh, they had to, the city of Toronto itself was so expensive to live yeah. that most of the musicians, at least most of the musicians I know live outside Toronto. They're living in Mississauga and Brampton and Brantford and a lot of them are in London. And so you have so much great musical talent in those cities, but nowhere to play. And everybody was driving into Toronto all the time. So I think, uh, you know, those smaller cities kind of did up their game with the live music venues. So bands could play there. Yeah. Yeah, and also I think technology came a little bit advanced a lot further, so a, a kind of a smaller place could have a way nicer system to play on than you could 20, 30 years ago. It's a, it's a whole new day. Yeah, You can for buy sure. a console for under $3,000 that is completely recallable. <laughs> like, that would be absurd. Yeah. That would be thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. Like, Well, most of the sound guys that I see or that like I've worked with recently, I'll just do everything from an iPad, too. Yeah. They just run the console off an iPad. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. I'm building a little touring thing for uh, Lois of the Low, actually. We're uh, we're doing three shows in March. So we're having in-ears and I'm bringing my board and we're just, it's just a whole different scenario than it would be mm-hmm. years ago because you'd have to get like a board that five people needed to lift and you know i toured i toured uh in the early days of the sum 41 careers of their of their career and i was a tour manager and i thought what if i just brought a little board and you know but that was like you can't do that that's not what you do but if it was tomorrow i would have my all my own stuff you know mm-hmm. and it's just the way to go do you guys travel with like in-ears and stuff or do you kind of still oh, yeah yeah no, we've uh, we've always done the inners, uh, and we basically just need a direct input, and we're good to go. We just we have our own DIs, we have all our own stuff now. Um, just because, well, the, it started with the inners, just because for me, um, once we started running tracks, you know, my drummer needed to have the inners, and uh, Coalition actually got me hooked on them, and they were just helping my voice so much because, especially with these aggressive vocals, if you are playing in a room that doesn't have great sound or a, a sound tech that maybe he doesn't know how to mix it great, or it's just loud. It is what mm-hmm. it is. I'm standing in front of the drums. That's all I can hear. And it's really easy to blow out your voice. So they're kind of a singer's occupational health and safety tool, <laughs> yeah. in my opinion, is the inners. And then the whole band got on board and then, yeah, you just get your own soundboard. And 
we became kind of the sound guy's dream because everything we just do it all ourselves. Just give us an input and we're good to go. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely the. I mean, there's a few bands. A band came through. What are they called? Alex, Alex's, Amy's wives, Alex's wives. I can't remember the name of the band, but same thing. They just traveled in. They had their own setup. It was like, oh my god, you guys are. And you know, because I'm a technical director at a theater too, so I, I mm. at a live venue. So when bands come in and they're like completely low key and no work and no luggage and no real it's such a treat i mean oh man the the sound tech can make or break your show so it's always been our philosophy to make his job as easy as possible yeah yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so do you travel with a crew or are you just uh we haven't we're thinking about it that because of the the new record the way it sounds it's it's very complicated and we do know some wicked sound techs in toronto uh, that definitely for some of our bigger shows, I'll probably have one with us. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really just depends on where we're touring, what kind of uh, costs are associated and, and that kind of stuff. So, yeah. so in some some cases, it's just not realistic. But, you know, if it's a, a big show like our album release or a big showcase, then, then we definitely have um, a pool of people that we like to run our sound just because they know the music so well. Of course. The last crew member you hire is the lighting guy. You know, when you hire a lighting guy, you've, you've arrived. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> it's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's, when you bring your own, they, it's, yeah, when you bring your own lighting tech, that's, you know, that usually is the last person that, that bands hire. Right. Because the lights are so easy, so, so everybody mm-hmm. says. But I've seen a lighting person screw up shows before, too. All the time. Yeah. All the time. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's really cool. I, I you know, I... I had I didn't I was gonna play some some of your older record, but I thought, ah, why don't we just wait? You know what I mean, and and wait for the new record, which is going to hopefully be when? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it's happily in the mixing phase right now, so that's mm-hmm. exciting. Uh, Arnold's in Spain for a while working on another project, but um, we should have it in hand by March. And then it really just depends. We're chatting with some some labels, and if they want to get on board, then we'll partner with them and determine a release date. If I'm releasing it independently, then we're thinking June. Right. And would it be digital? Are you going to do hard copy stuff too? Both, yeah. yeah. Do people buy CDs yeah, we'll still? Do some... Yeah, they do um, live. So. Mm-hmm. What we what we do for our live shows, we have a lot of merch, and we do the CDs, and we also started selling USB sticks with the music on it because we were running into an issue where people wanted to buy the CD because they saw us at the show, and that's when you want them to buy it because they're hyped on your band because they just saw you, and uh, but they don't have a CD player. You know, my computer doesn't have one, or somebody's car, the newer models don't have one. So we started selling the music on USB sticks, and they started going really well for the new record. I'll probably do that as well as some vinyl. Yeah, vinyl's a thing, man. Everybody wants vinyl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't have a record player. I've, I, I've Somehow I've sort of gotten away from vinyl, even though I grew up in the vinyl age. And I, I appreciate everything about vinyl, but there's parts of it I... I've had this conversation before, but and so I have, one, I have it chambered. My, my, my answer to vinyl is, I can't take vinyl walking in the forest. Now, my <laughs> iPod, I can walk in the forest and listen to all the music I want. You know, For so sure. it's tough with your record player. You know, people, yes. it, it looks romantic where they're sitting on like a, a picnic blanket and they put the, the record on and listen to it and drink wine and eat bread. But that's not what you do when you're on a walk. You can't do that way. 
True. I, my philosophy is uh, just at least have enough options that people can get what they want. If they want the USB, they got it. They want an album, they got it. Yeah. If they want LP, it's there. You can take it one step further and have download codes. That's, we have those as well. Yeah, yeah, that's the way to go. Do you do it through <laughs> Bandcamp or do you CD Baby? Um, CD Baby usually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's that seems to be the thing. Like, I was trying to get this thing off the ground where um, live shows could be recorded and sold, but everybody's really uh, temperamental about their live shows. So they, you know, a lot of people say, "Well, that's the show. People want to watch the show." And my thing is, well, maybe they want to buy it. You know, so mm-hmm. how do you feel about stuff like that? Um, like people taking a like a, a camera phone and recording your show and putting it on YouTube and all that good stuff. Oh, that stuff I love because then it, it gets other people to come to the live show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm somebody that, you know, I have some friends that never go to concerts. And when I talk to them about it, they just say, well, why? I can watch it on YouTube. Yeah. For me, it's like going to church. It's like I love live music. I love dingy bars and local bands. I love big stadium shows. I go to shows all the time and I travel far to see my favorite bands because it's the live experience. It's all the senses. It's the smell. It's the, you know, the, the essence of being there and being with, connected to all these people that are watching the, the show in person. And I've met so many great people just from going to a show. So, but not everybody's like that. You know, you have mm-hmm. people that are maybe more introverted and it's really, un- my husband's like that. He's very uncomfortable at live concerts unless mm-hmm. it's mine. It's just not his favorite thing where he would rather watch it at home. So I think if people are recording it, it gives both all these personalities um, the option to watch you. So for me, it's kind of win-win. Yeah. My only problem is, is once they figure out how to record it properly and not make it shaky or accidentally <laughs> turn it to landscape from portrait and landscape to portrait. So you're like constantly tweaking your head because, you know, there should be a quality control. Like if they're going to put your band on YouTube, you should like, let me hear it first. And I yeah. can give it. Well, this- you can, if you're up on YouTube, you can always um, ask them to re- report them and ask them to take it down. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, based on the fact if it looks like crap, I mean, if it sounds not so good or if it's like, yeah, I think there should be some sort of like way to, I mean, it should be a a more pragmatic way for you as an artist to be able to go to somebody and say, hey, I don't like what you're doing there. Please don't do that. You know, Mm -hmm. you know, like, uh, I mean, comedy, Dave Chappelle, he makes people put their phones in a plastic bag and he seals it. So when you go to the show, you get your phone back, it's in a seal. And if they check, you know what I mean? So he doesn't want anybody catching anything, you know, and interesting it's a different yeah it's a different way of looking at stuff but yeah to mm-hmm. me my theory on is that if if someone's videotaping a band that i play in it's done through like a shitty camera a shitty mic it's not that feeling that you'd get if you were right there but they're trying mm-hmm. to capture that for people it is just to be the next step is like just don't like enjoy it like have it and keep it that's fine but yeah but don't post it saying like as some sort of like, hey, I look what I got, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, okay, so we can hope that there's going to be a record out latest June. Mm-hmm. Do you have a name for it? I do, but I can't share it yet. Okay. <laughs> I've I... been advised to remain very tight-lipped about everything with, other than some of the people we're working with. So, so it's called yeah. I Can't Share It Yet? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about the name of that record. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's gonna hit well thanks man thanks for doing the show i uh i appreciate it i uh yeah definitely um i'm gonna play i'll play a song at the at the start of it 
so then people can hear what it is now. So I, because now it's like to me, it was like I just didn't want to like do old material. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's all good. The the make believe album is still what's out for us right now, and uh, there's uh, probably one song on there that we'll, we'll still tour with. Um, and added into the new show, we'll probably still play "Save Me" and uh, and who knows? It's it's what we got right now. We're still very proud of it and excited to show the the new stuff because I think it's gonna it's it's gonna be very different for people. <laughs> cool. And yeah, and hanging on to it for that period of time and not having to let it go at that point. I know that feeling, and it's uh, mm-hmm. you're like God. I just want everybody to hear it, but oh, I know it, it's and even you know we've shot the album cover, we've got music videos in the works, and and everything, but we we can't share it yet. But it's it's for the greater good, of course. <laughs> yeah. Of course, no, no, it's true, and it's yours. You can do what you want with it. Yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Nice talking to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks so much. And that was Cami Van Helst from Van Helst. Good talk. Good talk, good conversation, good chitter-chatter, good natter. Um, I think that was a coffee interview. I do a coffee interview and I do a wine interview. And the coffee interviews are usually a bit more uh, poignant. Uh, and usually I do these interviews very late at night. So it turns into, if it's wine, then I might have already had one, maybe. So, I mean, that might be a fun game to play. If someone can determine whether the interview is a wine interview or a coffee interview then you can get in touch with me at applelog.ca slash contact and tell me what episodes... Got to get three of them right. Episodes were wine episodes and what and what episodes were coffee episodes. And you can actually just give me two of each. That'd be fun. That'd be fun to see because I can listen. I can tell you real close, real soon. Anyways, thanks, everybody. Oh, you know what? I'll send you a T-shirt. How about that? If you can get to... Uh, episodes. Actually, say, if you can get two episodes that are either coffee or wine, I don't care. I'll still send you a t-shirt. How about that? Okay. So, don't forget to put your address and all that stuff in the, in the, in the contact. Okay. So, actually, thanks a lot for everybody by for subscribing on iTunes. It's another year. It's a whole new year. Episode 170 of this show. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm very happy. Whenever I round it up to a 10th episode, I'm very happy. I'm like, oh, this is cool. This is, I'm still doing this. There's a lot of people I know who started these things like three years ago and they kind of just dropped away. And it's a shame, you know. I guess either I'm crazy or stupid. So uh, maybe I'm, I'm just crazy and or stupid to just keep doing this because I did this with bands. I would be pur- purposely doing something to try and make this a big, awesome thing. But I, I don't, you know... I, this show's not about me. Why am I talking about me? I don't like talking about me sometimes. This is a show about Van uh, Cami from Van Helst. Thanks, everybody. Don't forget to go to uh, 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 applelog.ca slash Amazon. Sports show. Might be getting Bose back online again. I'm not sure. I sent them another thing out. They changed uh, press agents, so uh, I'm no longer um, sponsored by Bose, but hopefully at one point in, in this next year we'll get some yummy beer sent this way. Hmm. Bows. Hmm. Hoppy fruit and bold. Okay. We'll see. I am completely and utterly. Okay. All right. So anyways, next, next week, who do I got next week? I'll tell you who I got next week. I got my friend Andre Tompros, who is, uh, uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it when we get there. He's an awesome dude. He's a friend of mine. He lives down in LA and he works in the entertainment industry as well. So we will see you next week. Have a great one and bye bye.